It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everyone and welcome to Late Night Football and welcome to our first episode of the Match Day Reaction Show. Uh, this is a new concept that we are trying. Uh, we've been absent for a week, so this is kind of what we've been planning. So hopefully it's worth the wait for all of you who've been waiting, for all the 64 of you who wait for our episodes uh, diligently. Uh, but we're here today, uh, the first weekend of the Premier League ha- took place last week, uh, missing a few big clubs and Manchester City. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but yes, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yes, but we had a lot. We had uh, eight games uh, over the over the last uh, over the last weekend. So we're gonna kind of do. We're not gonna be able to review all of them, but we're gonna review a few of the of the matches today. Uh, and to join us because it's our first match day reaction, it's only fair to bring in two of our OGs from our Premier League uh, review show. Uh, so first up, we have Nishikant Sharma back on the show once again. Nishikant, welcome. Hey guys, thank you. Hey, thanks, uh, Rohit, for having me again. Yes, you're now kind of like a super expert. You've been on this channel so many times now. I think, yeah, I'm going to have to create a, ti- a new honorary title for you of that. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. Expert might be pushing it. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, well, no, it's that super expert, not expert. You've already been expert. Uh, <laughs> but we also have back on the show, Ayush Gupta. Ayush, welcome once again to the, uh, to the show. It's really great to have you again. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me again yes. on Late Night Football Show. Yes, absolutely. And we have a blast. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, the first one created quite a stir. So, you know, we're going to only see what to expect <laughs> this time. Uh, and also joining right. us again is Nikhil. Uh, you might remember him from the Gabriel transfer reaction video. Uh, Nikhil, welcome once again to the, to the channel and the show. Hey, Rohit. It's happy to be back. So, yeah, excited for another show. Yes, you are the Arsenal fan who is most excited for these shows usually. It's a tough time getting Arsenal fans in the show. So it's always great to have you. Uh, so we're not going to be able to do all of the matches uh, this from the past weekend. We're going to pick three uh, to talk about. I might get uh, briefly into one of the other matches. We'll, uh, some of the other matches we'll see. But uh, due to time constraints, we're going to focus on the three. Now, I'll be honest and say that I was unable to watch any of the matches this weekend. I was unable to watch. On Saturday, I had a dental appointment. So I missed the Arsenal the Liverpool games. And then the Chelsea one, I was at work. I'm supposed to say that I was at work and so I couldn't watch the match. So I'm going to say that because you don't me watching. But no, I actually was at work and I couldn't watch the match. Uh, but I'm assuming you guys watched the, the matches, at least the ones that your club were involved in. So um, I, did do, uh, I did do a little bit of research on you know, the match reports and things like that. So I have some, a fair idea of what happened. But uh, maybe you guys can provide more context to me and to any of the listeners who might have missed those matches. So we'll get into it. Um, and let's start with the first match of the weekend. Let's start with Arsenal. Uh, we're going to call it chronological order. So I'm going to start off with you, Nikhil. Uh, first match of the season. Uh, what stood out for you from the game? 
from an Arsenal point of view? Uh, so, always the first match for Arsenal, it's a bit risky. Like, few, few of the past seasons, we, like, last season we played well, but few of the seasons, like, we put, like, even against the weaker oppositions, we didn't do well, we dropped points. So, it was a bit nervous, and again, this season is very critical for us after a few seasons out, outside Champions League. It was very important that we are back to Champions League. So this match was a very critical, very nervous occasion. And it was also something which was um, full with hope, new optimism with Arteta in charge. So it, it, uh, and I would say that the match would live up to the hope or the optimism we had. So we saw introduction of two debutants, uh, William and Gabriel in this match. Then the overall match, the performance-wise, it was really great. The, the defensively, the, it was very stable. There was hardly any hiccups like which we expect in usual matches. Even when we were leading one nil, like there was not like that vibe of tension. Like they are going to equalize, they are going to equalize. That was not the and yeah, overall a good performance. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um. You kept a clean sheet, which is quite a rare thing for Arsenal to do. Um, but were you, were you impressed with, with the defensive solidity? Yeah, especially with Gabriel. Like, except the first hiccups he had. Just, uh, otherwise, he was really impressive. He stood out in the match. Apart from Gabriel, like the overall defensive stability, like the structure we had, there was hardly any chance created. It was full time, to be honest. But still, the, the overall structure maintained the... Uh, I was really impressed by the defensive performance and yeah, overall control we had over the game. It was really impressive. Okay. I know uh, Nishikan might have an interesting answer to this one, but do you think uh, Chelsea will regret sell, uh, sell, letting Villian go this season? To no, I, I, don't, I don't think uh, we'll regret. Uh, we got uh, Hakim Ziyech in place and I, I think he's he'll provide us things that Villian couldn't. But I do believe uh, that Arsenal have made a very good signing in William because uh, he is a guy who would give you goals. He would uh, work for the team. He's a workhorse. And uh, we saw how well he played in the first game. I think he and uh, the central defender, Gabriel, they, may, uh, they were the standout players. And also the uh, tactics of Arteta, the way their left back, in fact, Maitland Niles, the wing back, he was playing uh, as a central midfielder uh, whenever they had the ball and how he was going back to a back five uh, when they didn't have the ball. I, I thought that was uh, really nice from Arteta as well. So he's definitely uh, someone to watch out for among the, all the managers that we have. And I think uh, if William does well, uh, because he's a player who's going to have a phase in the season where he would be frustrating. Uh, that's just what William is. Uh, when he's on song, you know, he's unplayable. Otherwise, he can be frustrating. But even in those times, he would still work for the team. Uh, he would, you know, track back and help defense and everything. So overall, he's, he, he'll prove to be a very good signing for uh, Arsenal. But I don't think Chelsea have anything to worry about in that sense. Um, let's talk Nikhil. What do you think? Do you think Chelsea will regret selling uh, William or letting William go? The season? Uh, so maybe in a short term, like their new signings will take some time to gel and start performing as a unit. So maybe in the initial part of the season, they might face some issues in creativity, for example. But uh, maybe in a long term, if you look at a two, three year window, or even like over a whole season, I think they will be okay with the new signings, Howards and ZH coming in and filling that creative void which William would be leaving. Okay. 
Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Chelsea signings in a little bit. Uh, but final question for you. Was it a case, I mean, watching the game, was it a case of Arsenal being really good? Or was it a case of Fulham being really bad? Because I'll just provide context that in our Premier League preview show, everyone picked Fulham to be relegated. Like, that was unanimous. So, uh, you know, you know, quantifying that, do you think Arsenal, was it a case of just Fulham having a really, really bad uh, day in the office? Or was it like Arsenal were really good? Uh, so like in Premier League, you wouldn't say like like all the like twenty teams they have a mean uh, like a uh, really good standards. It's not like you go to any team you can score five goals uh, and come back. So it's never like that. So even if you like don't put in a say seven out of ten performance in a week, you could be like f- frustrated. You could end up dropping points. So if you, if you, in the same match, I can imagine last season we going to Fulham, maybe taking a goal lead, then we trying to protect it, and then the mounting pressure, and it becomes one one. So like it usually happens. But the difference I could see that even at one nil we had the control of the match, and the one one team which like looked uh, next to score was always Arsenal. It was never like we were in a back foot and at any time. So I would say we were good, and I don't think Fulham was like uh, re- bad or anything. Especially in the first half, they were trying competing, they were pressing hard, and I think in second half they uh, they were a bit overwhelmed by this uh, scenario and and the pressing dropped off. But I think uh, it was an average performance from uh, Fulham, not very bad or very good. And I think it our performance also it's not like a ten out of ten performance. I would say, but it was an eight out of ten. And performance, and I, I think this level would like win some uh, most of the matches in Premier League going forward. Okay, well, that's really optimistic from you, and I hope uh, that continues. Uh, but speaking of defense, and we're going to move on to Liverpool now. Uh, Ayush, uh, we talked about a great defensive performance from Arsenal. But what happened yes. to Liverpool? Four three, uh, three goals conceded. I mean, that's just it's unliverpool like, is it, to concede three goals in a match? Like, what happened? And yes. I, and I remember, and I heard a lot of criticism for Virgil van Dijk. Like I said, I didn't watch the match, but there's a lot of criticism. So, what, what happened? He's crumbling. <laughs> the wall's crumbling. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Klopp is the boss and uh, things will get under control. So, yeah, there was a multiple reasons behind it. I mean, the yes, the defense looked everything shaky, complacent, may perhaps overconfident. Lack of match fitness, so there were multiple reasons for it. But uh, I so I think that uh, the biggest reason was definitely lack of fitness. I mean, uh, this is let's not forget this was the first match, and maybe the players were not ready for such a high intensity game, which uh, Leeds United brought under Mar- Marcelo Bielsa. So they were everything which were, the pundits were hyping it up, and uh, they performed to a very high level. So. In the end, uh, I'm just happy and relaxed that uh, we came out as winners because the defense was certainly not ready for such an onslaught. And uh, yeah, match fitness was definitely a reason behind it. And uh, then formation also, I mean, there was a lack of protection from the midfield as Henderson was coming. Yes, Jordan Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, yes, that's, a, that's a point of contention. Uh, you said there are multiple reasons. I'm sure you might have, I mean, sure, I don't know. Did Klopp mention any of them? He normally likes to mention a lot of reasons for why when things don't go well. I've heard he has a lot of excuses. Yes. His excuse was definitely that uh, we can definitely improve on the fitness and uh, things will get better only. I mean, organization was not as good as we are 
used to from Virgil and van Dijk. Wind wasn't eastwardly as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wind yes. wasn't blowing at all, I think. Um, I mean, we. I mean, uh, I, we, I think the the defense was a bit complacent. I mean, they were not uh, giving respect to Leeds striker Bamford. Guys like when Virgil went, I mean, individual errors from Virgil is not uh, used to. I'm saying so. That was uh, one. Hopefully, one off case, and it will not repeat again. Yeah. And Gomez has certainly been unsteady since the restart of uh, last from last season itself, mm-hmm. from January onwards. So yeah. we are yet to find a proper combination with Virgil. Hopefully, Gomez gets his form back. Yeah, well, to be fair to Van Dijk, uh, even championship defenders don't give Bamford a lot of respect. So it's it's fine. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say this about a team that scored four goals. They did score four goals uh, at the end of the day. But do do they need more variety in in midfield attack? Just in terms of like being able to deal with these with teams that pose these kind of challenges, uh, like Leeds. They're not going to face a lot of teams that are going to be like Leeds. But do they need more variety? Uh, you know, when it comes to facing these teams, because let's not forget they lost to City as well, who play I think a very similar style. I mean, again, sure. You know they were all probably partying and they probably won. You know they won the title already, but still City also pretty much overwhelmed them. And same with Chelsea, they also scored three goals I think in the last time that they played them. So uh, do they need more variety just to be able to deal with teams like this? Yeah, definitely. I mean uh, the squad has been unchanged since past three seasons, so it could do with a bit of freshening up. The main sources of goal are still their Salah Mane combination. With Amino feeding them, so playing his false nine, so <laughs> that is still very contagious. So yeah, Amino definitely has to improve on his goal return. Now I mean the excuse can't be made that he's a false nine. He's the striker, and he should be more like a striker. I mean he's definitely gun shy, looking gun shy, and he's not. Uh, hitting the uh, shots where he should he should be. I mean, he is always looking for the pass, and uh, maybe he's running away from his shirking from his responsibility as a striker. So maybe Klopp needs to address it because their players have become a bit too comfortable in their position. I mean, the first eleven picks itself almost every game if they are fit. So and definitely that brings in a kind of complacency and uh, Origi. And Which I think might be a problem for Liverpool. Yes, yes. I mean, that's why Timo Werner was the biggest target and the one which got yeah. away. He would have slotted in yeah. perfectly. Because not just for backup. Yeah, I think Werner would have been a good addition. And and not just for uh, backup, you know, just also to get rid of complacency. Because right now, Virgin Van Dijk looks around him. And sees that, you know, it doesn't matter if he gives 100% or not, he's going to start because there's no one of his quality to replace him, right? So, and that's true for most of the positions. So, there's certainly every couple of years, you need some new faces just to, uh, you know, you know, keep the competition level in your, within the squad high so that, you know, people don't become complacent. They don't think that, you know, I, I don't really have to give 100% I'm going to play because uh, frankly, there's no other option for that the manager has. So that certainly needs to be addressed uh, in Liverpool right now. 
yeah there were poor performances all over the park i mean brent he didn't have a, a pre season at all i think he was on leave or something so he this was his first competitive game and against a leeds team which is pressing all the time they were wingers uh, were creating havoc and uh, just east past both trent and gomez like they were not there so you don't expect uh, virgil to be pre- ever present every position i mean you can't diffuse every situation so the others need to step up when uh, it goes that up going gets stuff you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for sure. Um, but you know, final thoughts. Uh, I missed not to talk about uh, Leeds because they uh, obviously was just was wasn't just a case of Liverpool being being not at their best, but it was also a case of Leeds probably being at their at one of the, at their free flowing best. Uh, I we all agree. I think consensus is that Leeds are probably not going to get relegated this season. Uh, but uh, where do you think? Where do you? What do you think the the ceiling will be for them this season? the ceiling is pretty high for them i mean the definitely the game was is a contender for game of the season uh, and the season has started only so it was definitely a great game and uh, leeds uh, need to get uh, someone in their defense i mean leaking four goals with two penalties i mean it's not going to be easy for them in the english premier league so they definitely wanted to sign ben white from uh, Best Brown, I think, or so Best Brown, which yes, so yeah, he's not coming. So definitely, they need to get in some experienced head in the defense mm-hmm. because they, those were sloppy goals which they even con- considered two penalties and Salah goal from set piece. So, uh, but uh, definitely attack wise mm-hmm. and uh, midfield, uh, they have a strong team and uh, with under Marco. Marcelo Bisla I mean they will give trouble to the best teams but the ceiling wise I think uh, if they can finish in top 10 yeah, it will be a good season for them because other teams are improving a lot I mean teams like Arsenal Everton Leicester yeah, top 10 I think is what they should be targeting and that would be an achievement yeah goals also I mean they looked mighty impressive yesterday against mm-hmm. and tottenham will definitely fall back so i think in a, yeah they can uh, if they can finish above any big team like tottenham or everton so who were the last uh, season's big hitters so that will be a great advertisement for leeds i mean it's a big club it's a and a club with a great history so it's great to have them back and once and have that passion again so yeah i'm waiting for leeds games Uh, Nikhil, do you agree with the assessment of Leeds finishing the top ten? Do you think they'll finish top ten? Uh, I, I think that will be a bit ambitious considering the, the game style they have. Like they uh, have like very high intensity, high pressing game, and uh, competing that in Premier League. I think they will have some injuries, maybe like it. I remember it's something similar to Klopp's first season may happen. Like even though the game style, the uh, football was great. They didn't finish where they were expected to be. Like if playing the game, so I think even if the game is uh, good, they might struggle to have players fit throughout the season, and that might affect their season. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So it looks like Nishi has a few issues with his video. So I hope well, hopefully we can still hear you. 
uh, and we'll keep this going. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yes, yes, we can. So yeah, we'll just do audio. It's okay. Perfect. We, we need to. We have enough pretty faces. We just need to hear the thoughts, right? <laughs> the final game for the of the weekend: uh, Chelsea mm. against uh, Brighton, and uh, lots of signings for Chelsea. But Nishikan, were you happy with the way the team was set up yesterday? Well, uh, first thing is. You know, we, we don't have all our players available right now. Okay, Pulisic is injured. Uh, among our new signings, uh, uh, Thiago hasn't trained with us. Uh, he's still been in quarantine, and I think last weekend was the first time he trained with us. Uh, Ziyech is injured, so uh, we we kind of lack people. And uh, I think Frank tried to make make up for it as best as he could. I wasn't happy with the team uh, when the team sheet came out. I wasn't really happy with it, and after the game, I think my fears were justified. Uh, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> uh, Loftus Cheek uh, really, you know. I think he has been given quite a few chances, and he hasn't really taken it. And even yesterday, he was really poor. Uh, I I was uh, very happy to see how Werner played. Uh, you know, we we obviously didn't you know make enough chances for him. We didn't uh, we couldn't pass uh, the ball when we should have. So that's why probably he couldn't score. Uh, but yeah, I, I did see some positives from the game. I thought our defense was really good uh, last night, uh, with an with the exception of our keeper, of course. Uh, <laughs> but the <coughs> back four was uh, pretty good. uh you know even even uh, kante looked uh, really well uh, you know better than uh, how he finished the uh, last season and uh, yeah I, i think mount did well so we, we had you know players who performed well players who didn't perform well uh, a mix of it and i i, I didn't expect a very free flow free flowing football in our first game because we really barely have had a chance to uh trained with the full squad if media reports are to be believed uh we still haven't got the goalkeeper we want so our squad is not yet complete as well but uh yeah i i wouldn't say i was uh happy with the setup uh but uh, i i see positives in it uh in 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 our last game i could see positives that i think would serve us uh, well uh, throughout the season For sure. I just want to mention two sound bites for anybody who's keeping track. So, uh, Shikan said one that he he didn't think that he that he thought that Chelsea didn't have uh, all like they were missing a few players that they didn't have enough players that they were short on players. I think that was the word that you short on players. And the second you said <laughs> is that the squad is not complete yet. I'm just making mention these two points for no reason whatsoever. Wink, wink. I'm just mentioning these two points if anyone wants to comments <laughs> <laughs> on that after all the players that you signed. Uh, but on that note, uh, Reece James, uh, fantastic goal that he scored. Uh, and yeah. We think that it's, this is this is a big year for him. We've talked a lot about Phil Foden. We've talked a lot about Mason Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Kind of gone under the radar, but Reece James is another one of those prospects, isn't he, for Chelsea? Like, is this a big year? For yeah. Him? It looks like he's going to be first choice, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. It's a big year for Reese, and I, I think it's not just a big year for Reese. I think it's going to be a big year for uh, you know quite a few. Uh, of our youngsters i think it's a make or break year for loftus cheek i think it's a big year for uh, tammy abraham because these guys did well last season but now that chelsea have the opportunity to you know replace them go and buy someone better if they don't live up to the standards so this is the season that they want to prove uh, you know they would like to prove to the manager that they belong here 
and Reese certainly helped his case last night. Uh, I was watching the game and I thought, uh, you know, oh, why did we sell Tariq Lamptey? You know, the, the way he performed, he kind of, he like, oh, the way he tortured Alonso. It's not a, you know, major task to torture Alonso, but still the way he did it uh, was really uh, inspiring. So, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, I, I think Reese's the way Reese played uh, last night, it justifies why we sold uh, Lamptey, uh, you know, and didn't keep him with us. So, yeah, I think we, we're going to see uh, Reese for a very long time at that right back position. He he definitely looks one for the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you also, and you mentioned the goalkeeper situation. Uh, you talked about mm. Pepa. Uh, you are, Chelsea are close to signing a new goalkeeper, as if reports are to be believed, uh, Edward Mendy. Uh, do you think yeah. he's on Kepa? Do you think that's the goalkeeper that Chelsea need? Well, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you look at the numbers and uh, if you look at Kepa's numbers, it's so bad that probably you'd be an upgrade on him. So, you, you know, if you just go by that, I yeah, definitely. I used to nominate myself. I'll nominate I used to be, my, to be the upgrade, not me. Hi, hi. Yeah, he, he probably <laughs> would be one too. <laughs> so, uh, but right. yeah, uh, on, on numbers, definitely. Mendy has better numbers, lot better numbers. Uh, if you see the goal percentage, Kepa's uh, goal percentage was some 54%, goals uh, save percentage. And uh, Mendy's was 76. Uh, same with the, you know, number of goals conceded versus the expectation. Uh, Mendy has better stats over there. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure if this is the goalkeeper who would uh, win us the Premier League. Uh, whether Mendy, uh, I, I think maybe uh, Mendy is a stopgap. Uh, but I'm hopeful, uh, you know, uh, from what I've uh, heard from few of the guys following, uh, you know, who follow the French league, uh, mm -hmm. that he's actually a pretty good keeper with uh, some obvious weaknesses, like he parries a lot instead of catching balls. But he is commanding. And we definitely need someone who can command the box because we lack that with Kepa. He's not going to come out and catch crosses. He's not going to... Uh, be someone yelling from behind at the defenders to position themselves correctly. And those things uh, Mendy can do. Uh, yet to be seen how he adjusts to Premier League and, uh, you know, how good he, a short stopper he will be. But uh, I'm sure he'll definitely be an upgrade on Kepa. Uh, the only thing that remains to be seen is whether he's the one who can uh, help us win the Premier League. Uh, because I don't think if, if you don't have a proper world-class goalkeeper, I, I don't think uh, you'll win Premier League. And all the teams that have won Premier League recently have had really good uh, keepers. So sure, yeah. uh, we, we'll get we'll we'll see how uh, he pans out for you know in long term. But for now, definitely we we really need someone. You know, right now I just don't want to see Kepa in the goal. <laughs> so just. Put anyone, put bring John Terry and put him back again in the goal, and that will be better option than Kepa. Yeah. Um, on the goalkeeper situation, Nikhil, I want to ask you this. We are now hearing reports that um, Emiliano Martinez is leaving uh, Arsenal, and he's probably going to Aston Villa. Um, I asked this question. I was surprised. Why didn't? I mean, he looks like a good goalkeeper, but you you would assume Chelsea might have at least tried to make a, to make a bid for him. It's only twenty million pounds, which is what two million more than what they're paying for Mendy. Are you surprised that Chelsea didn't make an offer for him? Or do you think he's good enough to play for Chelsea? 
I don't think we would try filling the Chelsea first of all. Like we would rather not strengthen a direct rival in that front. Uh, also, maybe Chelsea. Uh, it could be that Czech was here. Maybe he. he Indirect rival him. might be overestimating your chances. Yeah. So, <laughs> no. Maybe because of that. So yeah, I'm happy he didn't go to Chelsea. Like he, uh, he was a player who was born uh, from, from the Arsenal Academy stayed here for ten years. So it would have been difficult seeing him in Chelsea colors. So I'm happy he's going to Aston Villa than to a Premier League rival or competing club. Well, she doesn't think that uh, Arsenal is a Premier League rival for Chelsea, think, um, but uh, we'll see how the season pans out. I think it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, uh, one team that I'm pretty confident is probably not going to make the top four if, they, if things stand like this is probably Manchester United. I do not think they will make the top four with the squad that they have right now, um, but we'll see if that changes. Uh, we have a little bit of time, so we'll just talk a little bit about the games coming up this weekend. Actually, just one game coming up, the, uh, coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, because I don't, you know, even if we, we may do a match uh, day preview show, but uh, they might not have you guys here. So, since we have two, the big game for this weekend is Chelsea against Liverpool. That's a big game. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has stoked a little bit of fire in, 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 uh, in the pre-match comments. But uh, this is what, what Klopp said. He basically was criticizing uh, the spending of certain clubs. He said that certain clubs, you know, have a quote-unquote... Uh, money, uh, you know, they're owned by oligarchs and nations, so they can spend money. Uh, uh, Nishi, do you agree with that comment that Klopp made? Well, uh, Liverpool's owner is not really broke, you know. I mean, they, they also have a very rich owner. But I think, I, I understand where Jürgen is coming from. You know, as a manager, you're the face of the club. You're the one who has to answer to the media and fans. And when, when people are asking why uh, Board hasn't shown ambition, we have uh, they have had pretty much the same squad since last two seasons. So he has to come up with something, and you know he just he he's just protecting his board. He's just protecting his club. That's what he's trying to do. It's a lame excuse, but you know, Klopp, we we it's not something we have heard from for the first time from Jurgen Klopp. So uh, I think it's just that it should be taken with a pinch of salt and, you know, you should just move on, not to focus too much on it. Yeah. Um, Ayush, your prediction for the score? What do you think will be the score this this weekend? Liverpool, Chelsea. Do you think Liverpool will win, Chelsea will win or will it be a draw? Honestly, I'm not too sure about uh, Liverpool winning this match because after watching the Leeds game, I mean, if uh, we continue to show that kind of uh, complacency, overconfidence, and lack of match winner, then uh, speed uh, merchants like uh, Timo Werner is, and uh, if Pulisic <laughs> is also back, so they are going to kill us on the counter. I mean, Chelsea were. Well, I, I think if counter. we play, if we play like the way we played against uh, uh, Brighton, Liverpool is going to kill us. So. Ayush is just, you know, Ayush is a cautious man. He has seen the result <laughs> against Leeds and he's cautious because of that. But I still think Liverpool is the better team. That's that's a team. You know, we, we, we've signed like seven, eight players already and we now need to make them a team. So that's a process that's going to take time. Liverpool are well drilled. Klopp is a fantastic manager and he has had the chance to work with these guys for like uh, five years now. So he has a proper team. Chelsea have a bunch of individuals uh, with their individualistic talents who are actually trying to become part of something. Uh, 
uh, I personally feel that this game came up too soon for us. So I'm, I'm not very positive with our chances. And it's not because uh, I'm, I'm trying not to say that we would win, uh, you know, because I'm worried I may have to eat my words later. Uh, not because of that. I just don't think, uh, I think Liverpool are in a better position than Chelsea at the moment. I still think we can win. Uh, but if I were to bet, I would say that, you know, if you ask me whom to bet on, it should be Liverpool. Yeah. So both of you guys are, this is the reason why this channel doesn't grow, you know, because <laughs> both of you guys basically, you know, like trying not to jinx. I know what's going on. You guys are not trying to jinx. <laughs> so, oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I know how this goes. Um, but we have a new... <laughs> Yeah, that's why the channel doesn't grow because it's all like, you know, there's no... no had it been match day 15, you, you would probably have heard a very different and a more uh, sure answer from me. But I just think this game came uh, too soon for us. Yeah, uh, thankfully, we do have a neutral voice on this on the show, thankfully. Nikhil, who do you think is going to win? Uh, what do you think the result's going to be? Chelsea win, Liverpool win or draw? Uh, since it's at uh, Stamford Bridge, uh, I think Chelsea have a small chance, but I will still consider Liverpool as the favourite, especially like I saw the match of like Liverpool and also Chelsea, like Liverpool. Liverpool, like it was like it must be like a wake up call to them, like how especially in the defence, like uh, be at the levels they were in the previous two seasons. And if they turn up the way they turned up in the last two seasons, I think Liverpool should be comfortably winning. But again, uh, Chelsea's performance, like I don't think I was not completely satisfied. Like they had the players, but so see the goals came from individual moments, like Reese show uh, short or the mistake happened from the uh, um, their defense. So I was not uh, overly impressed by Chelsea. Like they were still a work in progress. Uh, so I think I think they wouldn't be ready for such a high intensity match like upcoming in the second game week. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, edge Liverpool for this picture uh, based on what I saw last two week, uh, last weekend. And unless again Van Dijk comes up with a um, performance like last match or against us in like end of last season, I think Liverpool is gonna win. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that consensus is there. Uh, the only thing I, I will say is on on this note is that you talked about uh, about but touched on this. Liverpool got two penalties this last weekend. Chelsea got one penalty this last weekend. The only the one of the team Manchester United did not get any penalties last weekend. So I'm just pointing that out that we are like <laughs> behind. <laughs> so I know there's a big over under on who gets penalties. So I think we probably have to do like a penalty count. I think each weekend. But um, anyway, uh, uh, Nikhil, quickly, uh, which was the team that impressed you last weekend the most? Uh, if you talk about all the teams, one team which impressed me the most was Everton. So they went to Spurs home ground, the way they controlled the game. It's not like they hit two goals on the counter and won or anything like that. They completely controlled the game. Uh, they outplayed Spurs in midfield. And I was really impressed with few of the players, Alan, James, Rodriguez. And even in uh, defence, they looked much more stable with Alan protecting their back line. Like, and again, I was also like Richardson, he missed an obvious chance, but the way Hames was passing to Richardson that I could see a chemistry building with, within that squad. So I was really impressed with Everton and I expect a good uh, season for them. So yeah, I was uh, very, really impressed by them. Okay. So on that note, uh, 
I hadn't planned this question, but let's ask that instead. Uh, Nishi, do you think Jose Mourinho will be sacked before or by the end of the season by Spurs? Uh, you know, that depends on who Spurs buy because they haven't really bought anyone. I, if yeah. they go ahead and in, in invest uh, properly and get some good players, because the way Spurs played against Everton, I completely agree with uh, Nikhil. Everton uh, impressed me the most as well. The way Everton played it, if you were to ask someone who has never seen a Premier League game before, which of these two teams would be the bigger team, they would say Everton, the way they played that game. You know, they completely controlled the game. It was really good to see how their midfield overran Spurs midfield. So if they don't buy anyone, then I, I think Mourinho is doing the best he can. But if they go ahead and invest properly and get a striker, maybe a couple of uh, players here and there, uh, depending on what their weaknesses are. Uh, in that case, yeah, if, if this continues, the kind of performance you saw against Everton, if that continues, then I wouldn't be surprised if Jose is uh, you know, sacked before the end of the season. But if they don't really buy anyone, I don't think uh, any manager can uh, really do much with the team they have. Uh, Ayush, who was the team that impressed you the most? The team that impressed me the most was uh, Wolves. Uh, okay. I mean, they... They had a big match against Sheffield United, who were uh, who are a very strong team under Chris Wilder, and uh, and they performed brilliantly. I mean, the combination of Adama Traore and Raul Jimenez, I mean, it's a world class combination. And uh, I don't know how why the bigger clubs are not going for both of them. They are in their prime. I mean, Adama Traore, man, he was burning. Uh, Defenders left, right, and center. He was playing uh, full back, and still he was able to cover the whole pitch. And uh, with just his pace and trickery, he is uh, impossible to shrug off from the ball once he gets going. And uh, they look the real deal. Both, I mean, defensively also they were very, they were impeccable. Their set pieces were great. They have the the core is still the same. I mean, just they have lost only Matt Doherty to. Spurs and the rest of the squad is still the same, and they are signed uh, new players from Portugal, a new striker, I think. I mean, so Nuno is a great coach, and he is a great type squad of improving all the players. And uh, Wolves were very nice; they yeah. played great football. Very yeah, uh, I mean, it, it sort of feels like La Liga from the late two thousands, doesn't it? Where you've got two teams kind of very much far ahead of everyone else, and you've got a third team that you know can maybe challenge in Chelsea, and then you've got like five or six teams. That can all qualify for the top for the fourth spot. You got United, uh, Arsenal, yeah, uh, Chelsea, uh, not who's that other one? Wolves, Everton, Spurs. Technically, uh, <laughs> you got all of these teams that are like, trying to get into that 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 top four. So anyway, well, uh, I know it's only one game, so there's lots of twists and turns to come, and uh, things will will happen. We'll, we might look back on this episode and wonder what the hell we were talking about. So. Uh, we'll see how things go. But thank you so much, guys, for being here today. It's really, really awesome to have you once again on the show. I think we covered quite a bit of ground. And um, hopefully, uh, the people watching enjoyed this. But uh, thank you so much for all your insight and analysis. I really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Rohit. Thanks for having us again. It was It's always a pleasure being here. Yes. Yes, well, it's always my pleasure to invite you guys. Uh, but if you, uh, everyone watching, if you like this video, please remember to uh, like the video and also share it with your friends, family, anybody else uh, that you think might uh, benefit from watching this one. Uh, and also please remember to subscribe uh, to the sub subscribe button. We currently are just under 65 subscribers. We want to get to 70 by the, by the end of this week. So help us reach that goal. 
I know it's very modest, but help us get to 70 subscribers. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. Uh, please help us grow the channel. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we'll be back again soon with another episode this week. Won't make you wait another week uh, like last one, but we'll bring another episode for you soon. So stay tuned. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well if you want to get updates uh, for upcoming uh, uh, episodes and shows. So thank you so much. Have a great day, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook via the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.